penny for your thoughts. This podcast builds on the spirit and the values of those 19th century hard-working Welsh quarry workers and farmers whose one-penny contributions were critical to the foundation of Bangor University in 1884. They saw the value in making academic knowledge and research accessible to their community, and so do we at Bangor Business School. This podcast series brings together our cutting-edge knowledge, new theories, and our expert opinions and insight on important business matters to share with you, our podcast community. Small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, make up 99.9% of all businesses in the UK. However, despite their vital role in driving economic growth, SMEs also face a high risk of failure, with around 60% failing within their first five years of operation. So, why is this the case? And what can be done to help SMEs succeed in the long term? Joining our Penny for Your Thoughts podcast this month to unpack this hugely important issue is Dr. Mashid Bagheri, lecturer in management at Bangor Business School. Good morning, Mashid. Good morning, Claire. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> so, SMEs then. Can you just clarify what SMEs stand for and is this definition or acronym the same sort of universally? Well, SMEs stand for small and medium-sized enterprises. These are businesses that have a small or medium-sized workforce and typically have less revenue or fewer resources compared to larger corporations. And we don't actually have a clear or universal definition for SMEs across the world. It depends on the country that they operate in. Uh, yeah, for example, um, according to the European Union, SMEs are businesses that have uh, less than 250 employees and annual turnover of less than 50 million euro. Okay. But it could be quite uh, different in United States. In United States, the Small Business Administration defines a small business as one that has fewer than 500 employees. It's quite a significant yeah, jump, for most isn't it? Industri- industries, yeah. And uh, what about the UK then? Does the UK fall in well, line with Europe yeah. or, you know, re-Brexiting we with, with regards to, to our definition there? <laughs> yeah, actually, we used to follow the European Commission for defining the SMEs before 2022. And uh, we define as an SME as a business that has a fewer than two 150 employee and a balance sheet total of less than 43 million euros or annual turnover of less than 50 million euros and in the UK we classify SMEs into three different categories of micro businesses that are businesses with less than 10 employees we have small businesses that are businesses with less than uh, 50 employees we have between uh, 10 to 49 employees actually. Medium-sized enterprises are the businesses between 50 and 249 employees. Okay, so that's fairly substantial, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing is that in 3rd of October 2022, the government has announced an expansion of the definition of SMEs from to less than 250 employees to less than 500. 
Interesting. So yeah. we're moving away. We are brexiting yeah. from yeah. from Europe with yeah. our definition there. Yeah, that's the point. And yeah. we're sort of falling more in line then with the US definition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what 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 purpose does that serve? Uh, well, the main aim was to support the businesses and to help them to be free from the bureaucracy, the complex bureaucracy, or the accompanying paperwork that could be, you know, expensive and burdensome for the businesses. So the aim was to support them. And, uh, you know, the small businesses are uh, presumed to be exempt from certain regulation. Uh, so the UK government announced plans to widen this exemption to business with fewer than 500 employees. So essentially, for those businesses that are 251 employees all the way to 500 previously or currently, as it stands as we're recording today um, in May 2023, yeah. they are classed as large SME, large companies. Uh, the SMEs are not classified as large SMEs, but these these companies. Uh, that uh, that have employees between 250 to 500. Previously, uh, they used to be classified as large businesses, but after third uh, of October 2020, they they are classified as SMEs. So then they have the more flexibility, yeah, less more bureaucracy. Fl- yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, they don't have to go through the complex bureaucracy yeah. that the larger firm have to. I can imagine there are yeah. a number of companies breathing yeah. a, a, yeah. a, a sigh of relief at this prospect. Okay, yeah. That's hugely interesting. Um, so um, in my intro, um, I said that um, I identified that SMEs make up 99.9% of all businesses in the UK. I mean, that's an astonishing figure. And, you know, the first time I read this, I found it very surprising because I think, you know, we are confronted with large public sector organisations, we hear about the large corporate organisations on our social media feeds, in the news, and it's quite a, you know, uh, a confronting figure that we have so many or such a high proportion of SMEs in the UK. Um, So um, why are SMEs then seen as the backbone of the economy? Is it because of this figure or is there more to it than that? Well, SMEs uh, can of course be seen as the uh, backbone of the economy and I personally think that one of the most uh, interesting thing about the SMEs is that they create jobs and SMEs in the UK have provided 61% of the total jobs in the UK you know so that's the huge contribution in the UK economy and they drive innovation and they contribute to economic growth. As you mentioned, 99.9% of all businesses in the UK are SMEs. And among this number, 99.2% of the total business population are small businesses with one to 49 employees. Gosh, right. Uh, Yeah, so that's quite interesting. And they operate in the variety of sectors like retail, wholesale, construction, manufacturing, and IT sectors. And, you know, despite the significant role of SMEs for the UK economy, what we are noticing is that uh, the rate of failure is significantly high in SMEs. So according to the statistics, one in five small businesses fail within their first year. 
and 60% of small businesses fail within the first three years of operation in the market. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. Why do you think this failure rate is so high? One in five and 60% within the first three years. What's going on there? Uh, well, there could be so many reasons behind that. And the expert, the researchers are doing research or conducting research or talking to the managers, business owners to identify what could be the reason. Uh, you know, um, what are the factors that can influence their performance or their long-term survival? And for example, according to the recent um, data from the CB Insight, CB Insight is a technology market intelligence platform that provides data-driven insights, analysis on emerging trends, startups, and venture capital activity in 2022. They found that there are so many reasons behind their failure. Um, for example, there was no market need for their services or products, or they ran out of cash, Pricing and cost issues could be another reason. They didn't have the right team running the business. They didn't have a clear or effective business model or a strategy and they had poor marketing or they had a you know poor uh, market uh, customer experience or they just ignored the customers that was the main reason and according to the another small business survey conducted by the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy in 2022, between 2021 and April 2022, uh, they identify based on the survey, uh, that was a survey of 9,325 small businesses, um, they identify some challenges and barriers that SMEs face while they're operating in the market. So how have SMEs overcome some of these challenges that you've mentioned? Well, we have already talked about the challenges and barriers and their significant role in uh, UK economy, but these are not the only thing because uh, they can actually survive and they can develop an effective business model and a strategy because they have some particular characteristics that can help them to overcome these challenges and barriers. For example, their flexibility, their ability to adapt rapidly within the global market and you know there is no complex bureaucracy in SMEs and it can help them to make quick decision and of course engaging in international business activity going from local to global and the studies have shown that engaging in any types of international business activity can help them to overcome barriers and you know internationalization which is the, you know, engaging in this type, in any types of international business activities has become critical to SME's growth and long-term survival. So internationalization, so that's going, doing business beyond their home country, outside of their home country yes. with other countries. Exactly, moving from local market to the foreign market, entering to the new market, but it doesn't necessarily mean physically entering to the market, they can engage in exporting 
as one type of internationalization or international business activities. Or they can engage in different types of international business activities like joint venturing, like foreign direct investment. So there are different types of internationalization strategies that they can follow on and it depends on their size, the number of employees, the industry that they operate in, their objectives, their aims. So how does then internationalization sort of reduce the risk of failure as opposed to not being international with your trading and your commerce? Yeah, actually it could be beneficial. Their studies have shown that uh, the companies in particular the SMEs uh, who have engaged in any types of international business activities uh, can uh, increase their productivity, their profitability, and they can diversify their risk, but not by not only relying on their own customers in the local market. Uh, okay, so it's a case of not putting all of your eggs in one basket yeah, in exactly. a way, isn't it? Exactly. And just sharing out that risk to, yeah. I understand, I understand. Yeah. Um, and scratching beneath the surface, is there anything else that um, internationalization brings to these SME organizations apart from sort of diversifying risk? Yeah, uh, they can generate revenue. And as I mentioned, they can, they can target new customers and their internationalization can encourage SME's innovation. That is what I'm going to talk about because uh, you know the studies have shown that the SMEs that engage in international business activities can learn how to be more innovative, how to enhance their innovation practices, and there could be a two-way link between internationalization and innovation. Internationalization can encourage innovation, and innovation can foster internationalization. So let's unpack this then. This yeah. sounds really interesting yeah. and exciting. You okay. say we're going to talk about it. Let's do it now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what's going on here then? Let's sort of scratch under the surface. How, how is this innovation happening through this internationalization? Okay, so this is uh, what we are going to do actually. We are going to exploring this in more detail. We are going to understand how companies, how SMEs, let's say, can engage in, in international business activity and how they can engage in more innovation practices. We started doing research to identify the effect of international orientation on SME's performance to understand if any you know, international behavior or attitude can enhance the firm performance. And we started thinking about the influencing factor because uh, the prior research uh, was mainly based on the direct relationship only between internationalization and firm performance. Okay. But when we searched the literature, when we reviewed the literature, we identified that there could be some influencing factors that can help SMEs to overcome the challenges of internationalization and to come up with creative ideas, new ideas and opinions. So we consider technological innovation, uh, including product and process innovation, to identify the mediating effects of technological innovation on internationalizing SME's performance. I'm gonna stop you there, because you've used quite a scientific (laughs) term. So what does mediating effect mean for our listeners here? So uh, when we say that 
For example, technological innovation mediates the relationship between internationalization and film performance. It, we can say that uh, there could be uh, two links between two things. For example, internationalization can foster innovation when companies engage in international business activities, they will start learning how to do things better, how to improve the things that uh, they are doing, how to improve their products or process services, for example, or the business services. On the other hand, when they start learning about that, this innovation, as a result, this innovation can help them to enhance their internationalization strategy. At the same time, this technological innovation can help SMEs to increase the film performance. So when they engage in international business, they will learn how to use innovation. When they start engaging in innovation practices, they will learn more about international business activities and they will learn how to enhance their performance, how to gain competitive advantage, how to do something better than their competitors. So this innovation can act as a mediator here. Fantastic. That yeah. sounds really interesting. So are you at the stage where you've started examining, exploring these relationships or are you just hypothesizing and putting together um, an outline of what you want to explore at the moment? Uh, yeah, we have already uh, conducted our research and collected data for one of our paper we have collected data from 116 SMEs in the UK and uh, yeah we started asking the managers and business owners the top management team let's say uh, ask question about their international um, orientation or any international behavior or their willingness to innovate. So we started asking them this question and collecting the data from the SMEs. Penny for your thoughts. Brought to you by Bangor Business School. We came up with uh, interesting results. Our finding overall demonstrate a clear, positive and significant relationship between international orientation and fame performance. Can I stop you there? Because those are very strong words in the world of quantitative data analysis, aren't they? A clear and strong relationship. That means these results are um, very rigorous, aren't they, scientifically speaking? So that's interesting in itself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what does it mean? It means that, you know, SMEs undertaking international orientation have the opportunity to acquire knowledge by building associate and complementaries that improve and expand their overall knowledge and absorptive capacity. And they are better in identifying foreign market opportunity. So the managers that are highly international oriented are better in finding in seeking any foreign market opportunities and the risk or cost associated with them. So it's not only finding the opportunities, we need to understand what could be, uh, what could be 
the degree of uncertainty, what could be the risk associated with, uh, you know, entering to the foreign market for SMEs, considering their, you know, limitations or the challenges that they face. And so the, the finding of our studies demonstrate uh, that international orientation fosters technological innovation and technological innovation enhance international orientation and SME's performance. So what does this mean? What does this mean to our listeners when you're actually unpacking that? Yeah, yeah. so uh, just let me uh, give you uh, the final uh, finding of our study that's very interesting that I'm going to interpret this. We found an inverted U-shaped relationship between technological innovation and international film performance. So what do I mean by that? To answer your question, actually, we found that overly internationalization and technological innovation would be great for the SMEs to enhance their performance in terms of increasing their profitability, productivity, uh, and gaining customer satisfaction. But we need to be careful about this um, in, in regards to engaging in any uh, innovation practices. The findings show, you know, show that the less technologically innovative firms have the lowest performance. Okay. So okay. So when, when you mean technology, technologically innovative firms, do you mean sort of, you know, the, the equipment that they use? Um, to innovate with or is it you mean the products that they develop are technologically innovative both of them oh okay so yeah, both, both apply of them. so it's yeah. just literally both everything technology yeah, yeah because we okay. consider both of them when asking okay. questions to managers okay lovely. and in terms of product and process innovation if they use any technology any equipment to enhance their work or if they develop the process of producing something so both of them right. uh, have been considered but it would uh, according to the finding uh, being technologically active and being a technologically innovative could be a good idea for SMEs but at a moderate level Oh. Yeah, that was the inverted U-shape relationship. Right. So inverted U, so that means basically as your use and development of technology increases, then yeah. your productivity would be? Will be increased. Will, will increase, but then you'll get to the sort of top of the mountain. Yeah, above a certain threshold. Above a certain yeah. threshold, and then your productivity will drop. drop. Yeah. Oh, just, so it's almost like a mountain shape that you're exactly. talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wonderful. Yeah, a moderate level of uh, innovation activity could gain, the high, The companies can gain a, high, a highest competitive advantage, but above a certain threshold, it can negatively affect the performance because the costs and risks associated with them. Because, you know, SMEs, lack of resources, and they have limitation, they can't cope with that. You know, they I need see. to, yeah, they need to follow a moderate level, not hugely invest in only technological innovation. So they need to be careful. Almost because they're SMEs, that it is an yeah. inverted U, because they have a, only a certain 
sort of um, size or capacity, yeah. set of resources. Yeah. That's why number of employees. Yeah. yeah. Number of employees. Interesting. Yeah. So they need to provide a balance between the cost and benefits. They need to be careful about that. But at this point, we decided to expand this research to identify if there are any other types of innovation that can help them to increase their performance without having a huge investment okay. in technological innovation or let's say in R&D. Yeah. Because the studies shown that, for example, the small business survey reported by the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy revealed that only 16% of SMEs in the UK had made any investment in R&D during a three years period between 2018 to 2021, Gosh. only 16%. Yeah. So it means that uh, they, are, they might be unwilling to invest in R&D and they, are, they might be unable to do that mm -hmm. because of their limitation or yeah. the challenges that we have already talked about. And because of that, we have started exploring anything, everything about innovation to identify if there is any other way to help SMEs to overcome this and we noticed that the SMEs are currently engaging in some other types of innovation we call it open innovation okay. and we started doing research in this area penny for your thoughts brought to you by Bangor Business School okay so I talk about relying on R&D investment for engaging in any innovation practices in terms of product and process innovation. But when we talk about open innovation, it means that we don't have to solely rely on or R&D or on our ideas, own technology to you know develop a business model or to develop an effective strategic plan. So open innovation means that we can open up and explode ideas from external sources. So these external sources could be, for example, the universities. SMEs can collaborate with universities and with institutes. Uh, they can, uh, you know, network with academic staff or even with the students to um, realize the unique ideas, any external ideas that could be beneficial to them. And there has been actually a paradigm shift from close innovation, like the product and process innovation that requires FIM to invest in R&D to go through that, to be more open to open innovation. And this new term of open innovation was first introduced by Henry Chesbrough in 2003 and he defined open innovation as the use of purposive inflows and outflows of knowledge to accelerate internal innovation and expand the markets for external use of innovation. So this is the exact definition of open innovation by Henry Chesbrough. And this open innovation can be inbound, outside in or outbound, inside out. It means that, for example, we can network and collaborate with any other third parties, 
get their knowledge, ideas, opinions, bring this knowledge to our organization, to our businesses, or we can involve our customers or existing customers or potential customers. We can involve them or any end user in product development activities. Or we can access, we can use, buy technology from any other firms or institutes instead of investing in R&D. So it sounds like that this open innovation is sort of on a continuum where it can be very informal, um, ad hoc, um, opportunistic, but also it can be um, you know, engaging a, a deliberate sort of strategic endeavour to engage with universities or other collaborators um, to bring in new information, but it's just not bounded by the research and development budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so exactly. That sounds really fascinating. Exactly. And I think, you know, we live in a sort of networking, collaborative era, don't we? Exactly. So yeah. this just, I think, just fits well with our time, this yeah. type of innovation, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? We, yeah. we live in an era of social learning, yeah. boundary spanning. So I can see how this might be more prevalent, why you have identified, been able to identify this. Yeah. So how is your study ongoing in this area? Uh, we have already, we have already conducted a research, we collect the data from the SMEs and we analyze that, we come up with the finding. And the main reason was that when we, we started reviewing the literature, we identified that most of the studies, um, you know, have been mainly uh, based on the larger firms, multinational enterprises. The reason is that most of these large firms are doing that at the moment. They know the, you know, the valuable impact of engaging in open innovation in enhancing their performance. They are currently doing that. And uh, there are very limited research and studies uh, about uh, open innovation in SMEs. Our second study supported our first study and shows that um, internationalization can significantly improve the SME's financial and non-financial performance. We also realize that open innovation significantly impact SME's financial and non-financial performance. So we found that engaging in open innovation activities, engaging in less structure or less you know, formal uh, innovation practices can help SMEs to overcome the challenges of engaging in, in innovation practices and they can gain competitive advantage and they can enhance their performance overall. This is, a, yeah. I mean, a really interesting finding and I think one that really reflects the kind of time that we're in. It makes sense, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. This, this finding makes sense in the fact that, you know, we are... Um, existing in a networking era, in a social learning era. So the fact that SMEs are turning to open innovations and that this is actually supporting them and benefiting them just makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So where are you going from here in terms of your research? Because I can see that you're sort of taking this direction, having looked at internationalization, and then you've moved on to open innovation. What's next for so, you? Uh, yes, we are going to be more focused in terms of investigating uh, internationalization behavior of SMEs and the open innovation practices uh, by analyzing different sectors or different industry 
because there could be differences uh, in terms of the company's operations or their strategies or aims and objectives, any barriers or limitations. So we are going to be more focused in comparing different sectors, comparing the SME's size and their age actually. And we are going to investigate uh, measures, the considerations that SMEs need to be aware of while engaging in open innovation activities, for example, intellectual property protection. That could, that could be an issue if uh, they are not aware of that. So when engaging in open innovation, they must carefully manage intellectual property consideration because sharing ideas and collaborating with external parties may pose risks if adequate IP protection measures are not in place. I think it's a legal minefield, isn't yes. it, really? And it must be very daunting. Um, yeah. Any particular industries or sectors that you're particularly excited about um, investigating into that have caught your eye, that you're... Yes. Um, some researchers might be particularly interested in investigating the high-tech SMEs because they are the businesses that... A pay attention to anything technology but I am going to uh, diversify I am going to explore different industry in construction for example retail manufacturing to understand if they are aware of that if they are doing that or if so we are going to explore what's going on and how they can improve their performance yeah well, this sounds really exciting and I can't wait to read the next instalment of <laughs> your you. research in your next <laughs> academic will, paper. I will update you soon. <laughs> we will have you back anytime. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Mashid, this morning. It's Thank been a you. pleasure just learning about your research, learning a bit more about SMEs as well and some of the challenges that they face, but also just how important they are for the UK economy and how we will, I guess, have more SMEs come this new definition as well. We will have an increased number, won't yeah, we? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, so yeah. thank you. It's been thank you for having me today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Penny for Your Thoughts, brought to you by Bangor Business School. Subscribe through your usual podcast channel and don't forget to like and share.